guys, welcome back to the Kind of an Expert podcast, the only podcast where the guest picks the topic of every single episode. My name is Corey Tyndall, and as always, I am your host. And this week, I sat down with New York City comedian Emily Walsh to talk about working in TV. Emily is a set painter, a set designer for various TV shows, theater productions. So we talk about that. Um, Also, a random haunted house, which was an interesting story. Either way, it's very interesting. She's worked on some really cool shows like Succession um, and a lot of cop shows. So if you watch those, uh, maybe you'll be able to see some of her work in those episodes. Then we finish it off talking about the writer's strike, what this is going to mean for TV, how that all works. So if you're at all interested in what's going on, the future of media, the future of TV, you're going to love this episode. Follow her at the Funny Walsh on Instagram, and uh, check out her podcast called Yeet the Rich, which is her and her husband talking about all the despicable things that the ultra wealthy have done throughout history. It's a very fun podcast. You're gonna like it. Follow me at Corey T Comedy on all social media, and if you're in New York City, check out Ope, a comedy show every single week at Ferns in the East Village. As always, please remember to rate, review, like, share, subscribe the podcast. And with that, let's get into the episode. done that before Oof. where it's uh luckily the camera's doing audio as well so right. it, it'll be there i can make it an mp3 or whatever it's just not great quality yeah. um what was worse is over the pandemic when it was separate uh we weren't doing zoom because it wasn't long enough so we would ha- i would have them record just on their iphone just like oh, set up the recorder yeah. thing and then send it to me and i would use that recording yeah. and uh there was a couple times that they forgot to hit record of on course. their end. So uh, I just had an hour of my audio and yeah. that was it. Just you so. and some pauses. Yep. And, yep. yep. <laughs> we redid a whole podcast one time. It was wow. a good time. I don't yeah. think I've ever had to do that. All I did lose an entire episode once with somebody and I've never brought it up to them because I felt bad and I was like I'm not gonna make you do this again because this was my (laughs) fault but it was like in the worst part of the pandemic when we were all just really dumb like when just no brain power was happening and I was like I don't even know what I did I know I had the recordings they're gone I don't know it happens it happens Uh, it's like (laughs) uh, I backups that's all I could say backups if you're doing a <laughs> yes. podcast fucking backups back up everything I've deleted in your life so many episodes on <laughs> on accident and then had to like yes thank god or like piece it together whatever um how long have you been podcasting uh so i have two podcasts and the first one that uh i started alone at lunch which is talking to comedians is uh about, about three years old a little over three years we started okay. it I broke my elbow right before COVID. So okay. I was like not doing my day job because it's a physical day job. And I was kind of just like sitting around my apartment and it was like a very severe break. It wasn't like a casual, like, oh, I can kind of do things break. So I was just like, what can I do? I ca-? And I was still doing shows, but they were like harder to get to. And I was sure. like, this is finally the time that every comedian reaches at some point in their life of should I start a podcast? You gotta start a podcast. You have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So- so the first like five episodes were right before COVID. We recorded them like in person a week or two before. And we are like, people are coming into my apartment. And if you go back and listen, it's like, and it's also kind of fun. Cause like some, the first comedians we had were like some of the more famous ones that like have come out of it. Like we're t- like episode, I think three, we're talking to Jay Jordan and we're like, oh, should wow. we go grocery shopping? Like, yeah. have you been to Costco? <laughs> like, what's this going to be like? It'll be over by May. Yeah. No <laughs> big deal. And it's just like such a bizarre time capsule. And then we went virtual for a while and then we were back in person and then my co-host moved to Washington DC. So now we're back to virtual, but okay. yeah, it's been a journey. What is, yeah, I think we, 
we started podcasts at the same time. I broke up with my girlfriend who was like, I should start a podcast. Now it's time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone else needs to hear my Some, opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been too much inconvenience for her. But sure, sure. How was it? What does your husband think of people, of comics coming in and out to do... <sighs> to do a podcast? Podcasts. And like just random... There's so much like random bullshit with comedians where it's like, especially because I'm fairly central, it's... At least two or three times a week, someone will text me and be like, hey, I got 30 minutes. Can I stop by your house? And yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. What should sure. I do right Whatever. now? Yeah. yeah. You have a couch. Can I sit on it for <laughs> half an hour? Exactly. <laughs> it's been a real wild journey because my husband is uh, not a comedian, but he does okay. work in the arts. He's a carpenter for TV. So we, we both went to theater college, not together. but he. So he knows like artsy weirdos, but they're okay. like different types of that artsy weirdos. Important. Yes. So he knows like some dirtbags, like not comedian <laughs> dirtbags. <laughs> but he's familiar with the genre. So it wasn't like a huge shock. But I think he he always has like an interesting time because some comedians are like really, really nice to like spouses and girlfriends and boyfriends. Sure. And some comedians, obviously, once they find out that you can't like get them anywhere, they're like, I don't really need to meet you or talk to you. <laughs> but he is a white man with uh, a beard. So they're like, are you a comedian? And yeah. then they're like, oh, wait, no, you're not. Um it's part of the uniform. It's what part of I the say? uniform. We've gone. He's gone to festivals where people have gone up to him and been like, great set. Hey, That's, great set. Hey, how yeah. do I get that? All yeah, right. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, I've never had that. Anything. And I did perform. That's... <laughs> yeah. He's just got the vibe of somebody that okay. maybe should do comedy. But he it's been a journey. I think he was like when I started, he was so skeptical of the whole process, but also like wanted to be supportive. But he like I he was too supportive like he came to some open <laughs> mics and i was like this is painful for me yeah and then people would do crowd work at him at open mics because he's the Dude. only non-comedian oh. there and he's just like a smiley guy and i was like this I, we can't keep doing this like you have to and it's funny because it's it used to be and it's also partially when you start out you have so few shows that you're like i've got a show yeah. next thursday yep. and you get really pumped up so he used to come to every show like wow. every single show and now I could not tell you the last time he came to a show, which is fine. Like, I don't care, but it's just like, I but literally couldn't funny. tell you. It is funny how that happens where they, you get so many people that are so excited when you start and that's oh, when yeah. you suck. And now yep. that we're actually like pretty good at this, they're like, ah, I'm busy. Know, I'm kind of busy. I'm like, yeah, but we got like three people from Comedy Central on this one. This, this isn't is a just a bunch show. of yeah. fucking idiots that yeah. like showed up that night anymore. And they're like, ah, yeah, I went to so many of them. And yeah, I'm, like, yeah, I'm the, kind of burnt the wrong out. Ones. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it's. I guess it's my fault because I invited you to the wrong ones. But I promise, there's so much better. Oh, I now. didn't invite anybody. I was no, like, you they were, needed. You kept they it. needed to beg. Yeah. Or or what you could always do with, because this was uh, with coworkers. They'd always want to come. Yeah. If you just never give them a specific date, they're like, oh, my God, when's your next show? I want to come. You don't you don't say like Thursday. You're just like, I have shows all the time. You know, just come whenever you want. Figure because it out. They'll yeah. never, they will never figure it out. They'll they never want pursue you to it. tell them. Yeah. 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 So now that I have like the weekly show, it's easy to be like this one. Come to this one. You can one. come to this. Or if we book far enough in ahead, I'll like text people be like, all right, that's a really good lineup. You should come to you this You should come one. to that one. Like my, bring, yeah. bring a date or something. You're, this will be a good. Yeah. yeah. My husband once, uh, more than once probably, but once invited a bunch of my family to a show that I did not want anyone to come oh, to. No. It was like an audition for a club that, that a, I... It's it like was, a proposal. Yeah. I was like, why did you hide them in the bushes? I was embarrassed about this. Oh. It was so bad. It was like a two hour show with like just a parade of people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was so Brutal. Yeah. My cousins rough. came to that. It's and, so uh, rough. My family thought I sucked for the next yeah. you know, six years until literally like a month ago when they came back. Yeah. And they were like, you're so much better. I was like, you guys came to the worst You don't even thing. know. Yeah. And oh. you came to the worst possible. And it's so awkward to like meet them after and have no, them be no. like, cool. They're like, that one guy was all right. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that was the host. And I, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm always wondering what my husband is saying to them in the interim time like when the show ends and they all have to leave and file out i'm like is he telling them like oh normally she's better or like this show is yeah. bad or is he saying nothing like is he embarrassed that he made he invited them like i i don't really know what goes on because i'm too 
embarrassed to ask. Like if I leave a bad show, <laughs> you can't. You can't. Can, I just uh, don't want to know. You just need to look at each other with quiet acceptance yeah. that you both regret what just what happened. What just happened. I'd be like, should we have dinner? Let's go have dinner. This is really good dinner. A lot of drinks. Yeah. We're going to need a lot of drinks. Exactly. And it's such a weird thing because I started stand-up when I was 30, so all my like day okay. job people were like, that's this that's like weird pretty new... late for it's pretty late. New York comedy. I think like in other areas, there's oh, there's a lot more people that are like, oh yeah, well yeah. the kids are a little older, so yeah, let me try some. I've always I'll wanted go to out. try there's this. There's an open mic every Tuesday. Yeah. Let me see what happens. New yeah. York is really like most people are like, I just graduated college and I want to follow my dreams because I'm important. Exactly. Making fun exactly. Of myself. But yeah, but uh, like it was an interesting because when I started, it was I was 30 and everyone else was 23, and I was like. Mm-hmm. They thought I was the oldest person in the world. <laughs> and I like my day job. I'm not working nearly as much anymore. Now I'm kind of working like a week a month. But it was uh, it starts at 6 a.m. So I have to get oh, up God. at 5 a.m. Yeah. Oh, TV geez. is like very uh, so I paint scenery for TV and film and it yeah. starts really early. So like I could never go out after like I didn't Mm-mm. make friends like I'm friendly with everybody I started with. But we're not. We don't have this lifelong bond because it was yeah. like I didn't go to drinks after. No, I like, didn't go in the trenches. Yeah, or I didn't go sit at the diner say, for yeah. two hours. I'm like, can I go first? And then I have to leave because <laughs> I need to get any amount of sleep before oh going back to work. TV sounds like a really fun job. I don't know how TV people balance because there yeah. are a few. Like I don't know if you know Jack Finnegan. Yeah, but he um, he works for a uh, morning TV show and he oh, does. Okay some of the um the graphics for it mm-hmm. but he has to get up at four in the morning to go do the graphics for this gotcha. tv show he gets back to his place at like eleven thirty or noon and then he takes a nap and then he does, and then shows, he goes and does shows and then he sleeps for like three hours and then i was Ooh. like dude you're gonna die yeah like that <laughs> yeah that's not sustainable man and he's like i gotta i gotta it's do the it only way i'm to part live. of the union i can never leave that's like, the <laughs> thing it's like union job it's a good job and you're like i gotta I, I pushed it to the absolute limit and now even when i do work like i worked three days a couple weeks ago start at 6 a.m go till four so it's a 10 hour day and then three days in a row i had two shows a night so i was getting home at midnight and sleeping for four hours and then going back to work and i was like this I used to do this all the time. I did this before COVID all yeah. the time. Uh-huh. And then COVID made all of us realize that like, we don't want to live that way. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm also three years older and I'm like, I just can't fucking do this anymore. It's, it's one of those, like once you stop, yeah, it's not coming back. No, <laughs> no, I'm out of practice. I'm like, I getting back I into practice would be a monumental feat. At yeah. That point. Basically impossible at that point. So I, it's a wild, oh, wild ride. Brutal. Well, tell me about the TV. Like, what exactly do you do? You said you do costumes, costumes, like set design. Uh, what so are, what I are just we talking? Do, I don't know yeah, anything yeah, yeah. about TV. I just know a few people that work in it, and they're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this person does this. This actor's crazy. Uh, like yeah, all this yeah. other stuff. But like for the most part, I don't know what a day to day is. I don't know. So, so wherever you want to go with this. Yeah. So I just do scenic art. So I went to school for scenic design, which is deciding what things look like. But scenic art is just executing. It's just painting and putting up wallpaper okay. and doing things like that. So I don't make decisions. So That's it's like a contractor job, but for the fancy arts. contractor. Yes. <laughs> I used to joke. I have a BFA, which is like a the bachelor of fine arts. Sense. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like I own two chainsaws personally. That's oh, wow. a separate right. thing because we have some land upstate but like okay that is that is the vibe i wear carhartts non-ironically okay. like people are like it's a new brand that oh, everyone's into and i'm like no i've owned this me of the people back home what yes is yeah exactly like i am a like we i went to a very fancy college or i went to boston university which is not like very fancy but i got a That's bfa a and it's like i'm at a trade school i go and put on <laughs> carhartts and like do labor here but um it really depends on the show because like what I train to do more formally is like paint backdrops for theater. So like okay. the background on a piece of fabric, it flies in and out. It looks like a scene. And I have done that. Like I've done it for the Metropolitan Opera. Like I've done it oh, professionally. Cool. But um, but the money and the insurance and the uh, everything like that, there's just way more money in TV. So that yeah. is typically what I do. Um, and I've worked on a lot of cop shows, which are 
boring yeah. and uh, <laughs> just painting like victim apartments. I do a lot of that. Sure. Do a lot of like painting a room and like just looking around your apartment. I'm like, okay, so if the victim lived here, they'd probably like put some takeout containers on your desk and be like, he was working until this time. And then <laughs> we make a fake puddle of blood on the floor and like fake puddle. Yeah. yeah. And then like age the finger, like put finger marks on all the light switches and the doorknobs to like oh, make shit. it like. All right. That kind of thing. So there's that. And then there's like skills like wood graining and marbling. Like I can paint things to look like other surfaces. So there's a lot of that. Yeah. So it's like it is a skill, but it is a trade. It's just like doing this kind of thing. And I I worked on um, Succession for a couple of years. And that was a cool slash weird job. I did seasons two and three because there's not a ton of painting in that. But there. No, I was going to say it's mostly just buildings in new york it's just real places but the the thing about succession and buildings in new york is you have to build at least one set an episode in order to get the tax incentive from the city so even if it (laughs) exists we had to make one thing an episode oh my god yeah so make it like a table or whatever that they all no, like a full room like so okay so do you watch the show yes so the first episode of season two there's like a two minute scene where shiv and tom are on their honeymoon on a yacht yeah it is not a real yacht. What? We made a four-room yacht. You see one quarter of one room. We made a full bathroom you never see. We did all this wallpaper, all this painting, all this like fake molding, all this crazy stuff. You don't see half of it. At least you, half of it. You built a full yacht. The four rooms of a yacht and okay. the front. So the outside, right. the exterior. It wasn't actually It floating. wasn't a floating boat. Okay, no, I was no, like, no. what the no, hell? No, no. That like, was green screen. But that the, just seems inefficient. Yeah, honestly, no, it was. To I make mean, a whole yacht. Yeah, but it was inefficient. It was like so, but and like the room uh, in the later in the second season when they go to Washington and they're being interrogated. Yeah. I did all that wood grain. Like I, I painted those desks that they're sitting oh, cool. in. Cool. Yeah. That's so like awesome. that room is not real. That was shot in. Uh, Long Island City in a warehouse so it's like okay a lot of that succession is real sense. yeah then, like we can't rent out Congress exactly so let's, uh, exactly yeah. so we're gonna make a fake one so that one is that's the kind of job where people don't fully get what I do until I like sit down and watch it with them and I'm like see that that's fake I did that uh, that's what that is okay. Uh, TV magic, Hollywood yeah. magic. But yeah, That's that awesome. show is, I mean, that show, we did an episode for Kendall's birthday, the yeah. big party. Uh-huh. Where they come out of the vagina? <sighs> yeah. Did you build the vagina? No, but my oh, friend did. My oh. friend did. She, right. I'll take that. <laughs> she had to make a model for them to like measure <laughs> off of to do the balloon part. So she made like a little model of the legs. But, oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just, it's. I painted the treehouse that he's okay. in and tree I did. Is very cool. A couple other things. I'm trying to remember. It's not the vagina. It's not like. the vagina legs. <laughs> the treehouse is very cool. It's not. There's also a couple <laughs> rooms that you never saw. There was like one of his kids, one of his classrooms, and it's like like 300 bottles of Jack Daniels on like chalkboard and all this okay. like all these desks. There was all this stuff. That set was like over a million dollars, and like we. Jesus. Yeah, we did this crazy texture on the wall that I honestly, I swear to God, it gave me carpal tunnel syndrome and it, you don't even notice it. It just, It's matching because we filmed half of that in a stage, like in a studio sure. and half of it at this place. Uh, I think it's called the yard and it's like a uh, performance space. Oh, I've so, heard of the yard. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all yeah. the, all the scenes where they're outside or you see them from a window, that's the yard. And then everything where, where the legs are, where all the fake rooms are, that was in a studio. Gotcha. So we we had to paint the walls this like gray to match the yard and they were like we have to do the texture on the walls or they're not going to notice so God. it's like two big spackle knives doing this like repetitive motion the walls are like 25 feet high we did this for i did that exact motion of putting the texture on every single day for 10 hours a day for four weeks straight Jesus and you don't Christ. notice it right at all no no I, I remember the yacht. I remember the treehouse. Yeah. I remember the vagina. I do not remember the, the wall spackle. You, and you never which, will notice it. No. But you know what? If it had looked bad, then you people would have noticed it. Yes. And that's the problem. Like, yes. I've done construction before, like framed basements or whatever. And it's always fun to like go down and... Because you always recognize where you fucked up. Exactly. Like the little stuff. But nobody nobody recognizes it unless it's awful. Exactly. And so when you've got that mentality, you spend so much time trying to make it perfect. Yeah. And that's what leads to 40 hours of uh, spackle, spackle jobs. Spackle. Yeah, four <laughs> weeks of it. It was... 
And that, but that job was cool because people watch it. Because for years yeah. before that, I worked on uh, a show called Blue Bloods, and nobody, a ton of people watch Blue Bloods, but like just old not anyone white you're people. friends yeah, with, not yeah, not anyone you're friends with. White Republicans <laughs> in Ohio love it. Oh. But people would be like, "Oh, you work in TV? That's so cool. What do you yeah. work on?" And I'd be like, "Blue Bloods," and they'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> oh cool it's so cool so like yeah i was it was nice succession is what i bring up when people are like oh what have you worked on i'm like you've seen yeah. that that's a thing that's people a, like that's a prestige tv even if exactly everyone's heard of it at this point exactly um i do get that because this neighborhood is used a lot for yeah. filming and uh the new cop show east of new york oh i don't has, know that one they've woken me up three separate <laughs> times one of like twice here but then i was staying at my girlfriend's place in bushwick and like there's a ton of commotion outside like 5 30 in the morning and i was like what jesus is this? and i look outside and they're like filming right outside there and i go out when i leave at like 10 o'clock i'm like what are you guys filming they're like east new york i was like you motherfuckers you are following me, me. yeah Stop go to the street over yep. what are you <laughs> why oh it's driving me nuts and then to your point nobody's seen it nope nobody's watching this show there's nope. no point in any of this happening somebody is but it's not anybody it's not that anyone. you know not anybody that you care now about i'm like kind of thinking i need to get in the shots if they're yeah. gonna keep busting Use into it as a credit yeah like, i don't right. know what you're talking just, about like go out already in a cop uniform be like yeah. i'm here like where do you want me i'm here where do you want me <laughs> it's i mean it's crazy my old college professor lived used to live across the street from carrie bradshaw's fake apartment so mm. like the character from second city where she lived and I remember he was telling us, well, first of all, he hated it, that that was true because sure. they were shooting there all the time. Oh, the friend's apartment or even like the old Taylor Swift apartment. And oh, yeah. The and West like the Village tours just are going so by. So many tours, tourists looking yeah. at it, like taking photos, screaming, all this other yep. stuff. Yeah. And like his husband started like a blog before blogs were a thing in like 2005 and just <laughs> took pictures of people taking pictures on the steps, Great. like pretending to be Carrie Bradshaw. But then he was like walking by one day and they were like, do you want to be in the movie? Like we're filming the movie today. Yeah. Do you want to be in the movie? And he was like, sure. And then they were like, <laughs> we need you to walk by. Or he walked by once and they were like, great. Now we need you to do it every time because you were in that one shot. And he's like, Oh, I'm not doing that. Like, no, like, no. And just like kept walking. I was oh, like, no. Forget this. And I was like, Oh my God. His vendetta was so strong. He was like, he didn't want to be in the movie. Apparently How long not. would that yeah. have taken? Like 45 An hour, minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Tops. He was like, Nope, Ugh. can't be bothered. I was like, wow, you really stick to, stuck to your guns on that one. <laughs> so why didn't why weren't you in the newest season of Succession? Um, it just kind of timed out. I had moved over to uh, because that job took a really long hiatus for COVID. Season three was almost oh. done, and then they took a big hiatus. And then by the time they came back, I had found another job to be on. So I just gotcha. kind of hopped over to something else because FBI. Um, I is the show I've been working on, which is another cop show, which is I've yep. never watched an episode of it. I have no idea. Nope. But like when I worked for three days a couple weeks ago, we made a murder basement, which we do all the time. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's kind of fun. It is kind of fun. Is that kind of what you were describing? Like uh, when you're like pointing at stuff in my apartment, like we put the finger. Yeah. Fingerprints yeah, 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 over yeah. here. Like, like if what there's goes a into murderer, a murder room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do a lot of victim apartments, a lot of <laughs> weird murderer yarn walls. That's my favorite. Ooh, the yarn doing wall. Like a yarn yeah. wall. Do I, you piece it together so it actually means something, or are oh, you no. going all willy nilly oh, out there? All, all over the place. That would be the greatest serial killer. Uh, threat if you the set yes was uh, a killer actually and left the clues on your that, set so that people I would listen have to, to a podcast about that your, yeah <laughs> do we just come up with a fictional podcast I think we, I think we might have just come up with the next great did. serial podcast I would definitely I would watch it I would listen to it whatever you track down all your credits on IMDB to exactly. figure out where all the How killers many people, are yeah all right yeah that well, would be there's something this there. podcast is over you can We've, find us yeah. everywhere we found this one we we're moving on to the murder yeah. show, murder yarn hour, and that's going to be successful. But uh, but yeah, we do we do a lot of weird like the murderer lives in this basement or they've never left this apartment, and we got to stack the pizza boxes and make them look dirty and yeah. that kind of thing. And 
just uh but it it kind of all ties in because when one of my first jobs after college was um i was doing scare attractions which they Mm. call them scare attractions but they're haunted houses but they don't want to be the people who make haunted houses for a living don't want to call them haunted houses for some reason they think it's like a derogatory i guess so they call them scare attractions but my assumption is that a scare attraction would be scary as fuck that's they are pretty scary okay they're definitely next it's one level. of those where like they're gonna grab you and you're gonna yeah. feel like you're actually about yeah. to be murdered type deal yeah. yeah you're paying a premium never been to one i've always like i've been to the websites i'm like that would be wild i think it's for someone else i think i'm good <laughs> i uh i don't want to do them either and i worked on them but we did i spent a month in chicago a month in uh mexico city and a month in kuala lumpur malaysia with the same company oh, wow. over like six months and we did Chicago was all the Saw movies, so we recreated okay. a bunch of the Saw rooms and stuff. Uh, and then Mexico City was a Terminator themed laser tag. Oh, that'd be so. Fun. Well, that was super fun, but it was I just would do like that one. Yeah, I would definitely play that. I I was sad I had to leave Mexico early and I didn't get to oh, play. Oh no, you had to go to Malaysia. I had to go to Malaysia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. But in Malaysia, we did uh, <laughs> we did Malaysian like folk scary tales which was really fun okay. like they would tell us there's their like things they were afraid of in like old stories and we recreated that and like some oh, of them cool. were really weird and silly and some of them were like genuinely terrifying like there was a room where there was like 35 fake mummies like standing just sure. like arms tied and then one of them was a real person Hell yeah! so you like stood there for a few minutes just like staring and like being afraid to walk through and then one person would just be like like just like move right out to the side and you were like ah! like just like terrifying but when we were working on that me and my best friend were there for a full month but they didn't shut down the rest of the attraction okay. so we had to work uh we had to listen to the spooky music all day okay all day 10 hours a day Would just you rather listen to that or Katy perry like you work in a grocery store Ooh, uh, it's miley cyrus these days i but... honestly probably miley cyrus because really? this, oh. this was an 11 minute loop it was oh, only no, 11 that's minutes. So repetitive. If it was a longer loop, God. I think I could have done it. And like okay. we memorized it. Like we were oh, like, yeah. woo, like we were just like <laughs> doing every part of it. But it was, it would play all day. And if we wanted to get to the waters, like wash our paintbrushes or anything, we'd have to literally walk through the attraction. So we'd have to like time it out. We'd have to like see them walk by and then like run across. But every once in a while, we would forget to look because you're just like working, yeah, you're wearing right. headphones, you're like, whatever. And a few times I like bumped into Malaysian people like as they were looking and I'm like a foot taller than most Malaysians sure. and white and I have gray hair and they would see me and be like, ah, like, and I'm like, I'm just a person. I'm not part of this. It's the paintbrush killer. Exactly. Exactly. The same killer who's doing the yarn and uh-huh, all the sitcoms. Yep, yep. But, uh, all right. I like yeah. this addition to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, it's all artiste. coming together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like fun. So which, yeah, it was crazy. So what do you like to work on the best? Because you've <sighs> scare attractions, cop shows, prestige TV. Like yeah. what are, pros cons? What are we talking here? Because like prestige TV, everybody knows it. That's got to yeah. feel good. It does feel good. It is the most stressful, I would say. It's gonna say <laughs> because it's so particular and like yeah. both. So both of the uh, private jets on the show are just tubes of a jet in a in a stage so like it's not a real plane obviously but that like we would get notes that were like one corner of one edge of the shiny part of the chair needs to be slightly less shiny or like you have to get in part of this light fixture and paint this tiny tiny bit black so you have to carry like a thing of paint and walk through this jet that you know is incredibly expensive and not spill anything and not knock anything over and not fuck it up and that was super stressful just because everything because they're so rich it's not even like they're just wealthy normal people they're so unbelievably rich in the show that you know that nothing can look less than perfect like it has to be it does and like a lot of TV shows have pretty low standards for their scenery like Mm -hmm. like especially cop shows and so the first week I was on Succession I was coming off of three years on Blue Bloods where my boss did not give a fuck there could be a can in the shoe yeah they're like like, we don't care homeless person 
jerking off over here. Exactly. And it's like, ah, he's part of it. It's part <laughs> of it. It's dirty. It's New York, baby. Yeah. But like, this was like so stressful. And I remember doing something. I forget what it was, but I, I did a perfectly adequate job. It wasn't okay. like a fantastic job. Yep. It was like, and I was also like, in Blue Bloods and a lot of other shows, you do things quicker. It's like it just has to be done by the end of the day. Usually, whatever your task is, no one's thinking you're going to take many, many days to do it. But Succession was a real like change for me because you could work on something for as many days as you felt like it needed to be for it to be perfect. Mm. And I remember like my boss like laid out all these different things for me to do, and then I did them all in one day because I thought that's how much time I had. And he was like, "Oh." Okay, um, we're going to redo most of this. Like, he was just like, that's oh, no. not a perfect. And thankfully, it wasn't uh, anything where I'd like wasted a bunch of materials or money or like, thankfully. But sure. I was just like, oh, okay, like, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. And so that was interesting. But like Succession also, everybody was super nice. So it was just a really great place to work. All those actors were like very chill. It yeah. was not. They're all like theater people. They're not yeah, like, yeah. they're not, you know, they aren't like child act, I guess, Roman kind of. Kind but like, of, but yeah. Um, yeah, most of them are just like old Shakespearean And like actors happy to be that, there. They're yeah. like, I'm on TV. This exactly, is great. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like I was talking to the guys who play Cousin Greg and Tom and they're Gre just yeah. like chill. They're just hanging out being like, what are you doing? And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I'm painting this marble because it's the outside of this door. But it, And they oh, were like, that's oh, awesome. that's cool. You know, so that was like. <laughs> That was a very chill, and that did kind of feel like theater, which is what my background is, which theater is like, that it was a big change theater to TV, because theater, for the most part, is a, like, everybody's coming together, I respect what you're doing, you respect what I'm doing, right. and then you get to TV, and everyone's like, you're one of the dirty people, <laughs> like, we don't talk to you, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, cool, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. like, There's I'll no be over the here. There's no behind the camera in theater, but in yeah, uh, yeah. TV. Yeah, one... I have a few thoughts. One, very glad that Greg and Tom are cool. Chill. Yeah. I, I had heard that Greg was. Um, that makes sense for Succession that it is all about perfection, though, because that's how people want to see it. Because, yes. like, there was, there was an article in The Atlantic, which is, like, a floofy magazine for like high yeah high flutin folks high, yeah. Flutin, thank you i couldn't think of, and they're like talking about the fashion in yes uh succession and it's like if when you're branding yourself as like the ultimate ultimate prestige tv yeah for these ultimate ultimate rich people those are the types of things so like even those tiny little i don't think anyone would have noticed if a chair was too shiny but no, like but they that's they, what we're doing that's the type of shit that i spent like five days on a box the wet there's a show there's an episode where they get their own wine tom and shiv like made their own wine and yeah. he's like he's trying to talk to her about this wine and she's talking about something else but it's this wooden box and it has this little emblem on it and i spent like six days on it sanding it with like 800 grit sandpaper which is basically a piece of paper just like just yeah. like gently like aging and, and just every day coming in and being like oh we're still working on this box still like working on the box this is what the most important uh, thing is that's going on here yeah that was it's funny the um i haven't worked in tv but weirdly enough i also my first job in the city was for a tech company that really didn't like they weren't making a ton of money it was there wasn't a ton of pressure like yeah it was a very fun place to work because it was you know you Relaxed. get three hours of work done and then it's just kind of like ah watch youtube at your desk or and people would hook up their netflix and oh, like wow. all this other yeah. stuff and so i was like oh okay cool yeah tech like this it's is a great fun. job everybody does this um and my next job i went to another company and i should have put this together because my salary literally doubled that this was going to be a little more yeah it wasn't even more responsibility i didn't have a problem keeping up with the work i had a problem with the appearance that i was working mm, like yeah it's it's more of like a cultural attitude to, you have thing. to keep up the facade of like i am a yes, busy worker like person we are all here on a mission to work where the last company was like are you done all right cool what are you watching like yeah yeah no worries one, we're chill i was eating so like before we 
at the first place we would have uh like a corner of the office had like beanbag chairs and tables and shit and that's where we'd eat lunch and all hang out and it would take like an hour it was very chill and then i go to this next place and i was like all right well everybody seems to eat at their desk so i guess that's what we do here that's i'm getting paid more money so sure whatever so i'm meeting at my desk and i pull up a youtube video on the computer and our like head of sales like number three in the company walks behind me he goes what are you doing i'm like eating lunch yeah no 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 what what are you What's watching? This? And yeah. I was like, oh, some highlights from the football game. He's like, should you be watching that? I was like, what? I'm on <laughs> and my it just lunch. Like, didn't yeah. even. I was like, I'm, I'm eating. Yeah. And he's like, we don't, we don't do that here. That's not something that like, happens here. What? Yeah. You don't, like 15 minutes. You don't mind. You care if I watch 50 while I'm eating. Like yeah. I'm not, I had headphones on. It wasn't like sound or whatever. And it blew me away at the time. And now that I've gotten older, it's like, oh no, there is like an appearance thing to this. Yeah. Cause it's like, if I do that, then the next person does it for 20 minutes. And then, exactly. then, it's, and then it's like, all right, what is the culture? I ended up getting fired from that job because it couldn't fit <laughs> into the culture. But that your your story is, I'm, I should say, I'm very impressed that you were able to like get into that new culture so well because yeah. I was not. It I was had a, a journey. bad time at the at the super strict culture. Yeah, it was definitely a journey. And I remember at one point, I forget what I was working on, but I like cut my finger and I had bled out like three drops of blood. And thankfully, it didn't get on anything. But it made me realize like how intense we were because I was so worried about getting blood on something and yeah. not worried about bleeding. Like I was like, don't bleed on the set. <laughs> like I'm just like freaking out, running around. I'm like, yeah, this is this is a weird way to think. This yeah. is not an appropriate like Your mindset off and they're like what's this hand doing on the exactly God, is it emily again jesus exactly i was like i <laughs> leaving aye. her limbs around yeah so as much as i enjoyed doing that show because people know what it is it was nice to be like okay well i'm just gonna go make a murder basement and spray some dirty water in this yeah, corner leave and your hand wherever in the murder who cares? exactly it adds to it no big deal did you get paid more in succession like no we're no? i'm in a union uh, so we just get paid we have just have oh, rates geez. yeah which is good in a way because sure. i don't have to negotiate or whatever but it is like no matter how i mean they're slightly different every network but it's like by a dollar sure. an hour it's not anything that's okay. like significant so it's it's not enough to affect like what job you're going to try to get on or work on so mark mark Mylod was like we're getting the most out of these fucking union exactly workers. exactly <laughs> exactly and i get that too i'm like i'm getting paid pretty well i like i i get it i don't know it was it was just like a high tension all day it was a harder yeah. job i will say that it was a harder job to do stand up after like working okay. on like FBI and Blue Bloods, it was like fucking whatever, dude. We're leaving early yeah. most days. I have my mental energy to myself. I can listen to a podcast or I can think about my jokes or if I think of something, I no one will be mad at me if I take two seconds and put it in my phone. Whereas like Succession and a couple other jobs I've been on, that pulling out your phone to put a joke in it would have been like, what are you doing with your phone? Because yeah. like the thing about painting and like applying wallpaper and things like that, you don't need your phone. There's no logical yeah. excuse yeah, to be like, point. I'm looking up paint colors it's like no there's no there's no reasonable I'm, I'm reason watching a scene from another episode to make sure it matches exactly like, it's like there's really not a good excuse so you just have to not do it and that uh, so succession was like and that's tough too because like especially you're doing a promoting a podcast promoting shows uh, to only be able to look at your phone every two and a half hours which i know sounds insane we should all be able to take two and a half hours away well, for comedy you have to it's be hard. paying attention to it's you hard. will miss spots if you don't yes. check it every 30 minutes exactly so. exactly and like not promote and then every break was very frantic so it was a it was a harder show and like fbi part of the reason i went back to that job is the boss there was really um she had been to some of my shows she's just a supportive person and she was like yeah if you need to take a friday off because you get a job like as long as you give me like you know a week's notice like yeah. totally fine whereas succession it was a much bigger deal and like i don't want to be like they never let me but it was it was tougher and i had to plan better and i had to sure. just like you know it was it was trickier so that it was one of those jobs that like and everybody that does comedy or is trying to transition from one job to another you hit this like breaking point where you're like 
do I give up some sense of security to mm-hmm. be able to keep doing comedy, which on paper you might be like, why did you leave that job to do this hundred dollar spot in Connecticut or whatever? But you're, you're like a hundred dollars. I mean, sometimes <laughs> it's happens. It's not all the time, No, but it is just like, what do we, what's the, when do we cut the cord and when yeah. do we say, well, I'm going to make a lot less money, but I can live on this much money. So right. I'm going to try to do that. Everybody wants the like, Oh, I blew up and now I'm on a TV show. Like, and you get it every once in a while, you know, like yeah. Marcelo Hernandez or sure, someone yeah. who's just like, Oh, I auditioned for SNL and now, now I, I got to quit it. everything. Else and I got this and this is my career now. And yeah. like, that's awesome. But for the most part, that's not no. how it goes. And no. so like having the ability to do part-time stuff it's is yeah. very critical for comics. Cause like a lot of them walk dogs. Yeah. And stuff like that, where it's just you got to pick up other stuff. But like with my day job uh, and I I still do it full time. I don't I'm not even making close to enough money on comedy to even consider (laughs) leaving uh, right now. But the way that I kind of built my career was intentional where I could very easily consult from anywhere. Right. And if it's going to supplement the comedy career, that's where you can get like, all right, well, I made 35K off comedy and I made 45K off right. of this. And, and this suddenly equals I a can, reasonable amount yeah, of money. And then I'll have nine roommates and I can live <laughs> in some basement exactly. in Crown Heights. And then exactly. <laughs> put that together. Um, can we talk about like what's going on with TV right now with the yeah, writer's yeah. strike and whatnot? So it is, what's the date today? The 23rd? May 23rd. 22nd. Something like Second, this. This is going to come out mid-June. So okay. there maybe is some like updates, but um, the writer's strike does not seem like it's going to end no. anytime soon. No. If or you... if ever. Like yeah. this, I, I'm like, I'm big into tech. I follow a lot of like AI stuff. I think the writers are right. Yeah. I fully support them. I also work at a real company and understand that executives are fucking dumb sometimes yep. and they will do anything yep. to get the bottom, that cost. Bottom line, the lowest. Yes. Yeah. The cost number to be as small as possible. And if they get a whiff. Yep. So you tell them that's my, that's how I've been thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. tell me where I'm off or like what's actually happening. I think you're pretty correct. And I think it's an interesting thing because you're coming at it with a knowledge of AI or like an association, at least with AI. So many of my friends in TV didn't realize that AI was even the issue. Non-writers like people in, yeah. in other tech parts of it. Um, and when I say tech, I mean technician. So I'll, that's what I mean. It's sure. like costume yeah. people, set people, whatever. They I just work assume in Excel. they do exactly with their physical hands. things. Yeah. So they uh, they all just thought it was money related, and it is. There's definitely money to be talked about, and I think sure. the big issues are um, are AI and then the mini rooms. So there's like the mini writers rooms. Oh, okay. okay, so this is a huge thing I've, too. I've heard about this concept. I had never heard it before. I yeah. heard like one little blip. Um, so yeah, whatever, like go in depth on that one. If you so want. basically, um, now they're doing these things called mini rooms where they hire like, so it used to be, so years ago, years ago to make a show like friends or cheers or something, it's 22 episodes a season. It's probably 10 writers in the room. Sure. They're getting paid residuals. They're getting paid to be in the room. They're getting paid to work basically 10 months out of the year. And then they take two months off and then they go back. And those, those people real quick they made a lot they of made money so much if the money show went was successful like, yeah like the seinfeld writers or the friends writers so or whatever, much money. like multi 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 millionaires yes. because they're making money off of all of the reruns yes. on every channel yep and that's what they negotiated was like hey we're gonna get a cut every time it's yep. aired on every single so when you think like all right every local fox station is airing it and then uh Comedy Central sometimes for Later Seinfeld. Later at night, they'll then, play it. Yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it's everywhere. Like, so oh they get residuals. So that's a whole other thing. So now if you make a show and you get paid for it to air once on ABC and then it goes to Netflix, as a writer, you don't get paid at all that it got sold on Netflix. So now wow. people are watching it. So we used to consume, like I remember when I was a kid and I came home from school, it would be like Friends is on 
at 5 and 5.30 and yep. then at 7 and 7.30 and then at 10 and 11. So that's like so many residuals. But now if somebody watches, you know, New Girl six times when they get six episodes after work or whatever, no writer's getting paid for that. So that's a whole right. other separate thing. They don't get residuals at all. But the mini rooms. So, so who does? Is it just dead? It's a flat fee to net, to whoever created it. So, so NBC. Fox or NBC or yeah. whatever. Yeah. They get okay. a flat fee and that's it. Wow. And so they don't even know how the shows, um, how many, how much it's being watched because the streamers don't have to release their numbers. So they don't know how it's going. Right. But so the mini rooms are, uh, instead of hiring 10 writers or eight writers or whatever it is for the whole season, they hire two to three people for like a month and they have them break the season. They have them figure out every, the, the story arc of every episode. Mm. And it might not be a full script. It might just be like, okay, it's a 10 episode season. This is the big action that happens in episode seven. This is kind of what we think would happen for the rest. And then those people are fired or let go. So they worked for a month and they got paid for a month, but they don't know the next time their opportunity is going to come around. And then one or two people write out the season and stay Uh, with it for the season. It's just like a, a, Mad Lib. Yes, exactly. It's like someone someone makes the Mad Lib, and then a couple more people come in, fill, fill in it the in, gaps. a couple more, and it just keeps getting kicked down the line. So instead of and it's ten less people, less and less people. It's five people that are all getting paid less For because a, neither less one money. of them. Yes, they're actually, getting paid at okay. scale. They're wow. getting paid a shorter amount of time. And then the other element to it is that all these people got hired a couple years ago to meet diversity uh, quotas and, and mm-hmm. ideas like, you know, everyone a few years ago was like representation matters and, yep. you know, it's always mattered, but it, you know, people didn't do anything about businesses it until two years ago. decided that it mattered. Yeah, two or people three years ago. People already knew. Businesses decided exactly, that it mattered. Exactly, exactly. So they brought out all these people, all these people of color, all these trans people, all these people to represent all these different things. Yeah. And Netflix at one point, to like two years ago laid off almost all of them but buried it in a big news week like hmm. they just kind of were like just kidding so all these people like moved to la got apartments left other jobs you know so there's all these unemployed people so in my opinion it's going to be at least the summer at least yeah and like there's jobs still happening right now that have been written but some of those jobs are being picketed anyway because people are just picketing anything. Yep. And even though those jobs are not in violation of any contract or in violation of any union, they're still being picketed. So like my husband right now is working on a, a feature or no, on a, a show rather that has been written, but it hasn't been filming. So no one's been picketing mm-hmm. because they've been building. They've been like prepping sure. for it. But they start filming tomorrow and they're probably going to get picketed and then they're probably going to get shut down. Mm. But they don't actually know because our unions are different. I'm in a union called A29 that's part yeah. of IATSE. So IATSE is like the very big umbrella union for all the technical people. Okay. And we can't strike in solidarity with this union. We don't have, no one asks us to cross a picket line. So if they're outside picketing, we're not expected to work because we like believe in unions. We're not going to, you know, whatever. But if there's no picket line and we choose not to work, then we're doing what's called a wildcat strike Mm. and just striking for the sake of striking, I guess. It's in our contract that we're not allowed to do that. Right. So we don't need to cross picket lines, but we can't uh, strike in solidarity. So okay. unless our contract ends, but our personal contract doesn't go up for another year and a half. So they time right. out our contracts so that they never all meet at once right. because they want to keep something going. That does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. But the actors and the directors are all up at the end of June and mm. the actors just authorized a strike. So what happens in the union is you vote to whether or not you would authorize a strike if the negotiators decided to strike. So you're just saying if it comes to that, I think we should. Yeah. And uh, IATSE a year and a half ago, we didn't strike, but we got like a 97% approval for striking. The writers were like 99% the actors are voting right now i think it's going to be very high as well yeah because they're also worried about ai and money and all of that sort of stuff so i have a feeling it's going to get pretty spicy uh i'm not really sure how it resolves other than writers backing down for three more years and then maybe tabling ai for three more years because that's the thing the contracts aren't that long right so maybe we'll strike all summer and go back to work for three years and then they'll talk about ai again in three years but yeah they haven't spoken again since the strike started, and it's been five weeks. Like, they wow. haven't been negotiating this whole time. Oh, boy. They haven't been talking at all. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's, I mean, let's talk about the AI part of it. So, yeah. um, 
everybody's heard about all these tools like chat GPT and all this other stuff. But from what I've heard, and I want you to counterpoint this if you've heard something different, is essentially the studios and... I'm going to include Netflix and Amazon, the streamers, sure. the, the business aspect, uh, of it. aspect of this is kind of like, oh, well, chat GPT is really good. And yeah. I ask it to give me a, a spec Story script or, whatever, or yeah. something for a TV show and it's B plus. Yeah. Like, and so the, the writers are saying like, fuck you. That's, that's our money. Like that's yeah. to, to your point, TV's where the money is. Yeah. And, uh, and these studios are thinking, well, it's not good enough yet, but if you We're give close. it another year, We're close. another year and a half, they could probably just be writing all this stuff up. And so the mini rooms and the streaming numbers, like that's been an issue for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. The mini rooms, probably three or five years, three to yeah. five years. It's been becoming more and more of a problem, but AI feels pretty new as far as it feeling actually like a threat. Like, yeah. cause everyone chat, chat GPT came out and I have so many friends that are like, not TV. They're not asking it to write a story, but they're like, Oh, I need to send an email to my landlord. So I asked chat GPT or like I had it explain my medical diagnosis or, you know, whatever, just yeah. crazy stuff that I'm like, and like, I asked it to write something for me the other day out of curiosity and it got really repetitive. I remember be, I was like started to ask it a couple of comedy questions just because I was like, what if it has a funny response, you know? Yeah. And it was very repetitive and very not helpful, but it is learning. And my very little understanding of AI in general is the more we use it, the more knowledge it gains. So yeah. it's just going to get better. Theoretically, yes. How I would describe chat GPT right now is I think it's the equivalent of a mediocre to bad intern gotcha where yeah. you have to tell it exactly Everything. Yes. what you need and then it can kind of do but if you're like a little off it's gonna do it incorrectly it's gonna like, be really off yeah i had a list of cities that company headquarters were in and i wanted to know the metro area because mm -hmm. like there's 95 springfields or whatever right but one of them was in Livonia, Michigan, which I'm from Michigan, so I know that's a suburb of Detroit. I mm -hmm. wanted it to spit out Detroit. And I had to, I said, hey, what what is the metro area of uh, all these cities? And the one it gave me, I put in the city of Livonia, and then it just put Livonia metro area. And I was like, that's not, that's not what I want. So yeah. I had to specify the metro area of the nearest major city and then it figured out Detroit, but it's still like it. There were four or five of those little instances yeah. where it was just the way that I explained it was just a little bit off, and it really felt like I was talking to a seventeen-year-old, yeah, or something, yeah. someone who do, doesn't understand the broad scope of what sure. I'm trying to do, and it just takes everything at face value. And that's the thing is like it what I think AI could spit out now and then have a writer edit, because I do think that they think they'll be like, the AI will make a rough idea and then we'll have a real person make it sound like people said it. Right. But I think That's that one person. Exactly. I think that AI could make like kids television or like really bad teen dramas. Like okay. I feel like they could watch like 10 seasons of like Riverdale and the C like things on the CW and make things like that. And, and I think that's possible, but they're never going to be able to make things like Succession. Like or White AI, Lotus is the one I exact, was about. White Lotus, exactly. So weird. Although the it's, problem with White Lotus is it's so good, and it was written by one person. So everybody yeah. keeps being like, well, just get more Mike Whites. And it's like, that is one man. <laughs> we are not all Mike White. Like, yeah. no one else is writing all of White Lotus by themselves. That's true. But it's just one, it's enough for the studios to be like, well, I don't know why you need 10 people. Why can't yeah, you be right. like this guy? It's so... What I think the the other thing to add to it is formulaic TV. So yes, it there's can make a, formulaic TV. There was a writer for the Atlantic that said, "Write me a um, TV show script about four firefighters, and there's a twist and two romantic things, right. and this person gets trapped, and this." And he was like, "Yeah, it spit it out," and it's like, 
It was actually pretty good. Yeah, it's to, because it's it's seen so many firemen. Shows. Exactly, it can make what I like to call laundry shows, which is there like you what you're putting on while you're doing your chores, yes. while you're cleaning your apartment. It always ends up okay. Everybody's never, fine. Yeah, right. right around minute forty, there's a, some sort of disaster. It can make yeah. you a Law and Order. It can make you a Chicago PD or whatever. I it probably could, unfortunately. Yeah, and like I don't like the union side of me is like. But we shouldn't let it because everybody needs a job. And then, like, the uh, shitty comedy part of me is like, well, you guys should write better stuff and go find yeah, something else to yeah. do. And, like, let the robots make, F, like, Law & Order. Who cares? <laughs> but I I yeah. hope there will still be TV made like Succession and things like that. But I don't know who's going to do it and how they're going to do it and where the money is going to end up. Yeah. I The only thing I can think of that will stop AI is the general public deciding that they don't want to watch AI yeah. TV shows. And I just don't see that happening for formulaic stuff. And the problem Kids is like, aren't going to yeah, know that. They don't care. You and I will sit here and go right. like, oh, this HBO show is written by AI. I'll, I'll, watch, good. I'll watch the Mike White one. Exactly. Because I like exactly. him or, people you know, or Jesse whatever. Armstrong doing Succession because I want to support people. That's also why I'm not as concerned about it for stand-up especially. Yeah. Where... Now, you'll definitely have stand-ups who use chat GPT to write their Probably. set. Yeah. But I think that would be a pretty monumental... I think people would care. Yes. Because with stand-up, they want to relate to the person And they on want stage. like authenticity, yes. and they want to feel like they're watching something you're organically thinking of in that moment, even though right. it, it is written. So the idea of a robot writing it is just like next-level betrayal. As I could, far as, like, I could see where... like. They could steal tags or whatever, but sure. but the baseline I I'm not as worried about the, but to the general point I don't what I don't know how to ask this how, what is the writers union essentially saying besides don't do this or you'll ruin our lives so basically they they were what they proposed to my understanding because i'm not in the wga but i have read a lot about it because it concerns me but what i what i basically read was that they wanted to put like a hold on using any ai to write anything and all they were saying is like let's not let's just say you're not going to do it and again the contracts are three years so that is also scary because even if they say okay we won't for three years it's going to be better in three years and it'll be the problem will come up again but the counter offer from the studios was well why don't we set up a week or a monthly meeting to talk about ai technology but not committing to not using it not committing to anything and the thing that the writers are um they're not entertaining that idea at all because in 2008, when the writer's strike happened, which was the last writer's strike okay. that happened, it lasted 100 days. So basically the whole summer, the big sticking point with that strike was that all of the studios were trying to claim that things on Netflix should be paid a webisode rate. Mm. So like Orange is the New Black and House of Cards, these yeah. shows that are like prestige tele, like House of Cards is like a well-made show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, no, 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 this is a webisode. We're going to pay you a webisode. So, like, even my... Is that like six bucks? Yeah, it's like yeah. nothing. It's like <laughs> absolutely... It's like as if you were like, hey, I'm making a film on my phone yeah, and I right? need somebody to paint one wall. Can I pay you a sandwich? Like, it's not... Yeah. So that was shut down very easily, but that was exactly what the studios proposed was, we're not going to commit to not paying you webisodes, but we'll promise to talk about it every month. Mm. Like, the wording in the contract was exactly the same. It was the yeah. exact same offer. And they were like, no, 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 because if you had... If we had let you pay us that rate for anything on the internet, we would not be like, okay. And they were claiming then, and they're still claiming now, like in our contracts, they were still trying to say this. They were like, but we're just the internet. And I'm like, find me one person under 40 who pays for cable. Like they don't exist. We're done with like, we'll watch those shows when they end up on Netflix, but you're making the bulk of TV. Streamers are making the bulk of TV yeah, now. Yeah. So you can't claim that you're like putting on a skit. Like, yeah. And the, the not to like, I, I, do, I think the studios are in the wrong, but they are also kind of handcuffed by Netflix sure. because they've made way less money off Netflix than they did 
Comcast and the other streamers, yeah, or not streamers, cable, uh, traditional TV channels, right? You know, uh, CBS pays quite a bit more for Blue Bloods yeah. than Netflix would for their equivalent. whatever their original so content is. Yeah, the in a way the the studios are kind of stuck in the middle. Um, don't get me wrong; they have way more money than they need. They are yeah. letting on and all that, but. Uh, is really it boils down to eventually it gets back to the streamers yeah. and every Netflix and all the streamers kind of got out of 2020 um, as being seen as the good guys or whatever right but they're just as in terms of business practices malicious as yes, Facebook 100% and Twitter and all these other tech companies that have had no regulation they just give us a product that we like and it's comforting start a riot yet exactly so it's like, exactly <laughs> it's, and like if you talk to an older writer or somebody who's been in film for like 20 years 30 years their argument is that Apple and Netflix and all these companies shouldn't even be in charge of art because mm. it used to be that all TV studios were owned by people who, because TV and movies are not, it's not that old. It's a hundred years old. Right. It's a relatively new business in the grand scheme of things. So it used to be owned by people that were like wealthy, eccentric weirdos who wanted sure. to, movies to be made. And now every major studio is owned by a different company that just cares about the bottom line. Like Apple TV mm. contracts are some of the weirdest contracts I've seen technician wise because they don't fully understand what they're trying to do. And they're just trying to pay us like they pay the chinese people who make the iphones sure. and we're like we're americans and unions you can't do that but it's it's just a whole Props different <laughs> yeah exactly but it's just like a very different thing that we're trying to and i think it's true of of most art forms now is that everyone's trying to get to the bottom line and it's like why can't we get the ai to do the dumb tasks and pay people money to make art yeah I I don't know if it's going to work out yeah for the artists in that way because like even the actors you think oh okay well if they can write stuff you still need actors and you're like well I mean CGI is pretty Do fucking we? good now. They've made young Harrison Ford for they, Indiana Jones. Yes, exactly. Like you can create new people yeah. that are not based off anything. anything. Well, Technically, they're based off everything, right? Which makes them not based off anything. Yeah. And, and if you're gonna use that to create a show, then ChatGPT could write it, and Midjourney could, could yep. create the person. And like I said, people like you and me will watch the human stuff because we want to watch the human stuff, but and we're fucking stubborn. But the laundry shows and the kids shows, exactly yeah. like you said, are the in shows that are shown in waiting trouble. rooms and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. The, yeah. The only thing I could think of the benefit of AI, if this is all, if the government doesn't step in and say, okay, we need to text. We need shit to talk about stuff. this. Yeah. Um, the only benefit is, I believe, going to be for individual artists, right. like comedians, like painters, because AI isn't very good at generating very good art authentic it's, it's art yeah authentic that's a good way to put it like even that song that came out they used drake's voice people were impressed by it but like nobody's putting that on because their spotify it's a robot. because yeah. it's a robot yeah and so i think for individual artists it could be great because yeah. it's going to take care of all the business stuff right if it could write your your emails to clubs for you if it can yeah. you could automate an ai that just says hey find the email address of every single club owner in the united states right. independent club owner and then write an email saying these are my credits i can be here between these dates and send out a hundred thousand of them right and see who gets back to me and then exactly. you just made a tour yourself right there and yep. then find the cheapest flights to yep. that time and then pick the dates the best dates based on all the and like that's the shit that would take comedians Years. years months and months years. and months yeah. theoretically you could do that in ai in like 10 minutes so i think it's going to automate a lot of the business bullshit the yeah. stuff you would have a manager for the stuff you would not an agent because that's like who you Whole know other thing, but, but just but, somebody dealing you know, with your money and your time and exactly. your flights yeah right so for individuals i think it's going to be good and my only 
my only hope is that the AI is so good for everyone across the board that like you and I could make a high, high production TV show right. because of AI. Something that would be as good as an Apple right, TV show, right. but it's just you and I, and there's so much of it and everyone gets like a small slice. We don't need Apple. We don't need right. Netflix because someone will put it online. Anyway. And that's the thing about a lot of technology is it has opened the door to independent creators to be like, but I can do it with my phone. Right. So I'm going that's to. That's what TikTok is. Exactly. TikTok's the most popular platform and yep. it's all people just fucking around. Yep. Netflix is all mad because they're losing money to TikTok. That's crazy, it's like, but it's true. I mean, I do. I'm on it too, and all I. The time. It's crazy. It's everywhere. Well. Anyway, we're in an hour. I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah, we hit uh, a lot of topics. Doom and gloom to end the yeah, very uh, podcast. I just like. I have hope. I don't know. We'll figure it out, or it'll be the wars. I don't. We'll see. The wars. We'll see. The, yeah, right. World War One, World War Two, and the wars. And then the water wars. Yeah, yeah exactly. Those are coming. <laughs> Oh, man. Emily, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on every platform there is at The Funny Walsh. And then I have two podcasts of my own. One of them is called Yeet the Rich. And it actually ends up to be a lot like this conversation where uh, me and my husband talk about really wealthy people and the horrible things they've done. And it's like works on succession one time. Exactly. (laughs) Decides that the Uber rich is my enemy. Made a podcast about it. We should do a fictional one about the Roy family. That would be pretty funny. That'd be very fun. You could have AI write it for you. Yeah, there you go. uh, I mean, honestly, I should get AI to write the the script part, but uh, yeah, there's that. And then there's uh, alone at lunch, which is more of a chitty chat type of podcast. We talk to comedians every week about a time that they felt like the odd one out. Mm. So that is fun fun and light and sometimes dark and that's a good time and then uh if you're in new york i have a monthly show at pete's candy store every first tuesday of the month called uh the gold uh golden ticket so yeah okay any of those things awesome follow me at Corey t comedy on all social media and if you're in new york after you go to her show come to a comedy show every single week at ferns uh, we're getting you on it soon. Yes. We had a date yeah. and then something popped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll get you on the summer. I had summer. to go get paid $100 in Connecticut. Oh, my God. Well, we were thing. only going to give you 10 yeah. So this is, uh, <laughs> that was a good good deal on you. Good business decision. <laughs> if, if you're coming to the show and you liked this episode, you want to see Emily on the show you're coming to, send me a DM on Instagram. We'll get her on that episode. And then uh, let's do this again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. 